Assalamu alaikum everyone. So today's episode is going to be talking about quite a few range of topics from, you know, haram relationships and getting cheated on in a haram relationship or even getting cheated on in a halal relationship. Um, betrayal, you know, when people do you wrong, how to let go of, you know, the image that someone else has made and how to replace it with a better one. Situations and things like that. This is a big topic that I've heard about quite a lot. You'll be surprised with how many people... Well, not surprised. You know, lots of people get cheated on in haram relationships. And I don't think it's a shock because, I mean, at the end of the day, they're haram for a reason. I'll go in depth about that in a little bit. So I do want to preface that again, just saying it out there. Like, I'm not condemning or supporting haram relationships. But this is an important topic and I'll explain why in, you know, a few minutes as to why I feel that way. But I do want to preface in the very, very beginning that I'm not supporting it in any way, shape or form, nor am I saying that it's allowed or it's good. Finally, um, yeah, I think it's very difficult for someone to break the image of themselves that someone else has put in their brain. And so that's also a big topic that I'm going to be talking about. And also, I'm also going to talk about a lot of the drama that comes from doing, you know, in these situations. Now, when a relationship is haram, honestly, it's haram for a reason. And I've talked about this before, too, like the different types and how you can get out of it, like I mentioned. So, you know, that I have a whole episode on. And one thing about haram relationships for a fact is that you're going to get hurt. <laughs> like, you're going to get hurt. We all know that. If something's haram, you're going to get hurt. That's just how the situation lines up. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. Everything that's haram is haram for a reason. And you're going to get hurt by it if you choose not to follow it, right? We, we acknowledge that. And so what happens is there are certain hurts that you will get from a haram relationship. You will get cheated on. You will get betrayed. You might get hurt. And, you know, there's certain hurts that hurt, like breaking up, leaving this person, being like, I'm changing my ways. I'm leaving now. Bye. Or them cheating on you. Whatever situation is ending it. That hurts. Yeah, of course. Ending the situation, it hurts because you were comforted to it. But you know that it was haram and you know that you deserve better, right? So... That can be cured really through God's love and seeking knowledge and whatnot. And I talked about that again, that similar episode that I'm referring to. So, you know, you heal yourself through that, right? Because you accept it that this was haram, it messed up, whatnot. And like I said, haram relationships, not only do they hurt you physically, but psychologically and even by heart, certain parts of you, you know, I hate to say this, but certain parts of you will forever be kind of traumatized and kind of be unable to overcome certain images and certain pictures that were painted in your head because you start to believe that every single person was like that if you got it cheated on so many times you believe every man is a cheater so now even after you changed your ways you broke up it's been 10 plus years since your last haram relationship you're on the path of the deen you're studying praying reading quran whatnot you it's time to get to, into a halal marriage with someone and you start to get hesitant because you're like oh what, what if this person's a cheater what if well, this 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 happens to me because this is what happened to me in my previous haram relationship and you know those things start to come up because your per, your perspective on love is it's skewed because you experience haram love so while a lot of those things are you know you have the capability to overdap them to change them to get over it when you get cheated on or you get betrayed by someone, again, not just in relationships, also in family-wise, it creates a perspective in your mind that you like to believe that every person's like that. So this is something that I want to talk about. I want to first and foremost preface this in the beginning of the episode because I always do have people that may either perceive it the wrong way or may jump on me or whatnot about this. I am in no way, shape, or form saying that haram relationships or what you did was okay. Absolutely not. You, we all, you know what, we all mess up. 
we all make mistakes we've all done wrong i'm not going to be you know hypocritical or manipulative or invalidate anyone's feelings and say oh my god you know like i'm better than you no listen I'm not here to tell you what you might want to hear. I'm here to tell you what you need to hear. And everything that I might say might not be pretty. It might not be fun. And it might not be amazing. But that doesn't in any way, shape, or form am I trying to degrade you or make fun of you. But I also want to put on the same perspective that haram relationships are haram for a reason. Now, of course, now that you're in this mess, you got out of it, right? Now you have a whole load of things to deal with. You got cheated on. You got hurt. You got betrayed. Your image of love is screwed. Your image of yourself is screwed. So now what people don't talk about is the aftermath. People say that you'll heal through God's love, and you do, and I say that myself. You'll heal through God. You'll heal through seeking knowledge, of course. But the question comes down to what about the self-images that got screwed? What about the self-perceptions and just the perception on life that got screwed? That is a separate burden that people don't talk about enough, and I want want to start off by also saying if you are someone that was in a haram relationship you know whatnot like whatever your past is if you've let go of it and you still have certain burdens and baggages from the haram relationship but you're praying you're trying to seek god's help and you know you've noticed also that inshallah god has forgiven you then trust me like it gets better it takes time but surely i do want to preface that in the beginning that i'm not condemning and saying that you should get into haram relationships and 100 it's okay and you know like it is what it is. And yes, a lot of people do say that, well, you are in a haram relationship, you got cheated on, you don't deserve any sympathy, da 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 whatever. I get that perspective as well. However, you have to also be honest that when someone is trying to change themselves, we as a community should be giving some type of source, some type of advice to allow it at that step. Because this step is a really crucial step. Some people, their perception and their images get so screwed that they're not able to fix it, that they actually dive right back into haram relationships. Because they're so adamant on fixing that image, that love is not bad, that not every man is a cheater. You're so adamant on fixing that image that they dive right back into haram relationships to find something to break that image. But what happens is since it's haram, it's going to happen again, right? So... This is a crucial step that I don't see a lot of people talking about. So I'm going to talk about it. Will I mess up? May I say something wrong? Of course, all good is from God. All bad is from me. So bismillah, you know, let's just get into it. So for starters, haram relationships, majority of the time, they end in one person cheating on the other. That's always the case, is it not? If not, sometimes people break it off because they realize what a big sin it is. Then you guys decide to work on making it halal or work on, you know, fixing yourself till the time comes. Great. So... However, there is a scenario where, you know, it ends up in cheating and it ends up in messiness and it ends up in drama and it ends up in trauma too. So it ends up in a really bad place. And so the question comes down to, well, what do I do? So really, for starters, I think um, in a haram relationship, you know, there's quite a few ways that it ends off really. One being the fact that you guys both decide to part ways, whatever, fix it, make it halal, or wait till you could make it halal. So that's one. Or two usually ends up in a whole load of drama, trauma, you know, depression, sadness, and cheating, and screw images. And that's what I'm going to be focusing on a lot more. So I feel like one of the big things really that I've noticed in a haram relationship is that a lot of girls are very adamant that, oh my God, he loves me. Trust me, he really loves me. I know it's haram, but trust me, he really loves me. And I bet he does, but does that mean that you're not going to get hurt? Of course you're going to get hurt. That's just that's just how it is, bro. So I'm going to tell you all some really interesting tea. So I go to high school, right? And oh my God, the things that I've seen, bro, when you like really step back and like you get out of circles and like you watch what happens, bro, I know so many people that literally are in committed serious relationships and they will be sitting there with another girl 
or whatever, like, touching up on her, flirting with her, whatever, and, like, they'll have, like, whole girlfriends, and I'm, like, uh, <laughs> okay, and I, likewise, I mean, everyone, both genders do it, so, um, I'll be shocked, I'm, like, oh, okay, so trust me, I know lots of girls that are very, very fanatic over their boyfriends, and they were, like, trust me, he's so loyal, and, you know, it's very, it's very rare for girls to actually trust guys, but, <laughs> I've seen cases where girls are actually really fanatically trusting a man and he let them down and sometimes he's letting them down and they have no clue so they have a lot of trust in him and the thing is okay I don't even I don't I should I talk about this because like this about to turn into some relationship advice tea let's just let's just talk about it just to share my two cents on the situation, that advice I'm about to give you right now is not for your haram relationships, for your halal ones only. Um, so don't apply this towards your haram relationship and think you'll gain success. No amount of advice will ever make your haram relationship successful unless you choose to make it halal. So for halal relationships, my two cents on really the concept of trust and loyalty, I think would be, this is difficult. It's a difficult concept. But trust someone until they show you a reason not to trust them. Now, of course, you should trust with caution. Don't be an idiot. Don't throw yourself out there. Completely make yourself bare and vulnerable. But don't be so defensive and so ignorant and mean and cruel that you don't let anyone even, you know, want to talk to you. So you have to set a boundary. You should be trusting someone until they show you a reason not to. Sometimes what happens is people play a game of trust where... They think everyone's going to hurt them, so they hurt them first. Or they think someone will hurt them, so they try to beat them to hurt them. And sometimes that's not even the case. You'll genuinely meet people in your life that want good for you, that care for you. So believe in that. Confide in them. Believe that God will give you those people, right? So that's my th- you know two, three cents on that. So trust until you see a reason not to. Anyway, next, as I was talking about, dead, bro. Like, I would see these people cheating and whatnot and it always baffles me because like the way that you know you see these couples on instagram and whatnot and the way that they hang out if you never saw this side of it you would see and be like wow their relationship is so nice and that's exactly what happens a lot of people see other people's relationships that may be non-muslims and they see those relationships and they think wow if only I could have that, I wish I could have that, then they get into hot on relationships, and when they're actually experiencing all the gritty, ugly parts of it, they're like, crap, like, mm, and that that's, that's how it is, that's how it is, and especially when you're disobeying God, and you know you're disobeying God, it's even worse, you know, that's, that's the thing about it, and when the discussion comes down to getting cheated on, one thing that I really, really noticed with getting cheated on is, you know, in the beginning, I, I had lots of girls tell me how they got cheated on, And I think the big discussion that I would like to bring up here, and this may be disagreeable by someone else, whatever, I don't think cheating has anything to do with a girl. I just don't. Vice versa. If a girl cheats on a guy, I don't think it has anything to do with the guy. A lot of people disagree with this opinion and they say, oh, well, maybe, you know, this person was really naggy, this person was really rude, this person was really disrespectful, this person was really abrupt this person couldn't you know make this other person happy okay then leave then leave then leave i wish i could tell you how many times in my life i've heard cases where they'll be like oh she didn't make me happy she didn't care about me she was always fighting with me you know what did you want me to do uh break up with her 
basic human decency, common sense, hello, break up with her. Because if you're not happy with her, you're not pleased with her, you don't like the way that she acts, what are you doing with her? <laughs> what are you doing with her? And the next thing they always say, oh, but I love her. Well, maybe you do. And that's okay. You can love people. Nothing wrong with that. But sometimes you'll love people that aren't meant to stay. Sometimes you love people that aren't meant for you. Wrap it up. There's no reason to be cheating. No reason at all. And that's exactly why I don't think cheating has anything to do with the other person. Same goes for men. There's men that get cheated on out there. Some girls are just, I, I hate to say this. If you are getting offended by this because you're a girl, listen, don't be part of the problem. But some girls, when they see a guy and he's really well-versed and well-rounded and, you know, he works out, he has lots of money, he has a good career, whatnot, they will completely junk the guy that they've been with for a, heart, for a long time and run to him. And this can happen in both halal and haram relationships. So, mind you that, this can happen in any relationship. They will completely junk him and go to him. Because he looks better, he acts better, he looks better, he's more money. So, it happens. Now, does that mean the guy is to blame? No. And now people will bring up the argument that, oh, well, he probably should have never been a broke guy. He should have taken care of her more. Da, 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 da. If the girl saw that he could not reach his, her standards... If she knew that she wanted to eat at a five-star hotel every night on a Friday night and he could only afford, you know, a three-star or whatever, and she knew that she had certain expectations. She wanted to live in mansions. She wanted to, you know, have a man that's constantly working out, that's this, that's that, that has this lifestyle. Just the whole attitude of a man should be different. And you know that the man that you're with right now couldn't give you that, then why didn't you leave? Instead of trying to sit there and make him someone that he's not. Isn't it easier just to leave? Like, bro, I'm not even trying to make that up. Like, generally, isn't it just easier to leave? Like, I feel like it's basic human common sense. Like, if someone isn't your 100% and what you want, then why be with them? You know, another concept that a lot of people in haram relationships actually forget and it's this concept of being the in-between person. You're not going to like this concept and you're not going to like what I'm about to say. But I'm going to tell you as it is and I'm going to tell you how it is, okay? Again, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. What a lot of people in haram relationships tend to forget is that as much as someone may be devoted to you, someone may be loyal and loving to you, of course, first of all, God knows their intention first and foremost. And if it's haram relationship, it's very unlikely that their intentions are as pure as they say they are. Maybe they are in the beginning, but it's very, very easy for everything to slip up and fall. That's, that's why it's haram, right? So... Um, what I feel like a lot of people don't talk about is the fact that you can be someone's in-between person and you don't even know it. You can be someone's in-between pit stop for them to, you know, grow with you, learn with you, become a better person, and then they can completely bail out on you. And then I'm not saying that that justifies cheating. Absolutely not. And again, referring back to it's easier to just break up. But really, there's three types of categories of, you know, relationships and of love. And I guess I'll say in regards to girls, because I'm a girl, there's really three reasons why men date girls, okay? <laughs> Again, not promoting relationships, just general psychology. Really, I'm telling you as it is, you will not like the categories, but I'm about to say three main categories, and this also goes for men. One, the junk type. You're with them just because you want to spend time. Does that mean the person itself is junk? No, you just put your junk in the relationship. What does that mean? You put your trauma, your toxicness, your bad habits to that. 
And in no way, shape, or form do you have any intention of changing the way that you are. You're solely using someone because you know that you get comfort out of them. You know that you have someone to talk to late at night. So it's just a comfort mechanism. It's nothing else. You're not actually devoted and you're not actually willing to stay long term. Maybe in the beginning you think that you are. And as you see and progress and learn more about this individual, maybe you're not. But you're just so comfortable with the idea of them that you're like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just use them till time comes. The second category really is the in-between person, the in-between girl, the in-between guy. And what is shameful and it's sad, but we all kind of, it's not in our control. Some people actually end up severely loving the in-between person, marrying the in-between person, and even thinking that the in-between person is their soulmate. Is it possible that that person is their soulmate? 100%. Is it possible that person is maybe not their actual soulmate? 100%. So there's a risk at that. Now, a lot of people, they actually end up getting with the in-between person without actually ever knowing. So this person essentially maybe started off with someone that you were really intending to love And now you're just kind of with them for so long that, yeah, you put effort, they put effort. So now it's just, again, you're comforted. So you're like, I might as well just write it out. You know, it's a good person. They're good people. It's not my necessary standard, but it's not completely like a junk relationship where, you know, you are ready to leave if you get the chance and see someone better. Here, there is commitment, but it's just the idea of not deep devotion. You know what I'm saying? So... The last case, obviously, perfect first and foremost, you know, the one that you really love, your soulmate, the thing that Allah has written for you in Qadr. Is it possible that you'll meet this person through a haram relationship? Very low. Is it possible that you might? It's it Again, like again, you know, the situation really depends. It's all about Qadr of Allah and I can't speak on that. But does that mean that you seek out of your way and get into haram relationships because you're trying to find the person that Allah has written for you? No, God would not want you to go down a route of haram relationships to, you know, find his decree to do things like that. Now, we've all done things that are haram, 100%. We've all messed up, we've all sinned, and those things make us better people. But if you think that this is a one route and you're not going to change your ways, you're going to stay on this route forever, uh, that's, that's your choice. That is your choice. And the funny part, really, that I've also seen quite often, especially in high school and in relationships, especially when you're young, in your early 20s also, is there's a lot of drama because, you know, men will get with one girl and then maybe they'll be together for four years, maybe four months, maybe six months, whatever. And then when they break up and, you know, they're with the next girl, the whole story is different about what actually happened. Some men will cheat and then completely flip the story. Some women will cheat and completely flip the story. They'll say that the man was, you know, being uh, whatnot and he was cheating and he was sleeping out when it was her. So the situation in the story is always flipped. And that's exactly what causes a lot of drama. And I think the funnier part is really when men are complete monsters to the girls that they're with and then complete angels to all the other girls around them. And again, vice versa, this can happen for girls that like to act like they're very, very caring, very loving, very whatnot to other men. But when time comes to actually be understanding who they're with, they're complete, you know, very, very intolerant towards his opinions. So that's that. It goes both ways. 
And what happens in a situation like this where someone is manipulative and the image that they have shown you of them and the image that the other people see of them is when you start to do a cry for help and tell people that this person is manipulative, this person is dangerous, this person is toxic, and this person will break your heart, majority of the people won't believe you. Why? Because that's not the image they've seen. They've seen this person who's a monster to you be an angel to them. And that's exactly how haram relationships continue. Because so many people are so adamant on getting with this angel, with being with who this lovely, kind, sweet man is, or this lovely, kind, sweet girl is. They love the image of who this individual is, and they perceive that person to be someone they're actually not and when you do hear things that don't be with this person don't even get married to this person don't even waste your time trying to make it halal don't date this person when you hear things like this you bat it out because you say well that no it was probably with her she was probably just a crazy girl she probably ain't know how to you know take care of him uh nah he was just really problematic before he's different now whatever like you'll have a hundred excuses right because this they show they had they had a choice on what image they wanted you to see and you saw the image of them being a complete angel and a complete sweetheart. So you fell for it. And that's exactly why they continue. Because after that, you're going to adamantly tell yourself that another guy is like that. And another guy is like that. And can this happen in halal relationships as well? 100%. That's why you also need to look at the deen of someone to see how reliable are they. Are they actually who they say they are? Because if someone's setting up you putting a whole line up front, that's not good for their spiritual state, is it? So that is obviously a thing that you take into an account. Now... What a lot of girls don't get, and this is going to hurt, so don't get offended. Lots of girls sometimes get with men and they date men. And whether it's in a halal, you know, they're getting, they're going to get married, engaged, whatever, or a haram relationship. A lot of women are sometimes very, very naggy. And I don't want to say anything mean, but they're really, really naggy. And they think that they're big and bad. When they're with a man that is toxic and manipulative and they don't know that. And when a girl that was previously with that man tells her that, hey, you might want to break up with him. You might not want to try to make this situation halal because he's not a good guy. Or, you know, I, I know him different than you know him. I've seen the different images of him. You might not want to go pursue this. And girls in the current situation take it as, oh, she's just jealous. She's just out of her head. Is it possible that she could be jealous 100%? But is it possible that you're ignoring all the red flags 100%? Sometimes women stay with men that are toxic and they know they're toxic and they know that they're manipulative and they know that they're sad. And they also know that their exes of that man have also told them that he's manipulative, toxic and whatnot. But you still stay with him because you think it's going to be different. Maturing is realizing that the only thing that's separating you and is separating her is time. I saw that quote in a video on TikTok and it really hit me. So I wanted to share it on here. Maturing is realizing that the only difference between you and her is time. If you think that a manipulative man is going to be different and he never bothered to change his ways, he had trauma, he had this, he had that. And there's nothing wrong with having trauma. We all have it. We all have things that we've, you know, we're recovering from. But if you know good and well that this man is manipulative, he's always gaslighting people and he doesn't give a flying crap about nobody. And you think that, oh, you know, I'm prettier. I'm better at this. I'm better at that. He's going to be different with me. 
I guess time will show you because it doesn't matter how great you are. It doesn't matter how pretty you are. It doesn't matter how great you are at things. When someone cheats, it never has anything to do with you. When someone cheats, it has something to do with their internal. And again, you see that within time. So I stand by that quote and I also stand by what I said. It is time that shows you the true colors of someone. Is it possible that you will see an image of someone? It might be a lie. Always. Is it possible you might see an image of someone? They're really good and it might be real. True. However, that is again where that the factor comes in where you wave out what's true and what's not. And of course, praise the heart, ask God for guidance, whatnot. But if you're in a haram relationship and you're thinking, wow, I'm so cool. Like I'm dating this guy and, you know, he's so popular and he's like this and he's like that. And he's all built and his exes are jealous of me. And yeah, I've heard things about him being, you know, manipulative, gaslighty. That's why his exes broke up with him. But I have him now. So I'm superior. No. For some reason, girls think that after they obtain a certain man, they have to be on a pedestal. They have to act like they're better than someone. They have to act like they are better than, you know, the girls that he was with before. And this also goes for halal relationships where, you know, someone may have gotten married, then got a divorce. And then, you know, his new wife, she probably is really over her head and constantly is, you know, thinking she's on a pedestal as compared to his ex-wife. Hey, girl, hate to break it to you. Sometimes the pedestal that you put yourself on is the same reason you're going to fall. Now, I'm not saying that the other partner can't be problematic. 100%. Everyone has their own perspectives on who was to blame and who's at fault and who is most problematic. But when someone tells you about someone's true colors, someone tells you that, hey, don't get into this haram relationship. This guy's like this or you see the red flags in a man and you still choose to get with him. That's you. You need to look at the red flags and you need to look at what people are saying to you. You need to look at what's happening because at the end of the day, then who are you going to get blamed for hurt? You know what I'm saying? You did it yourself. You knew it. You see these things. People told you. Yeah, you wanted to believe that things were different because you saw a different image. Now, should we trust people? Like I said earlier, 100% trust until you see a reason not to. But if you know that you're hearing from 100 different sources that this person is unreliable, manipulative, and they gaslight people, you should probably be a little bit cautious and see why they're saying that. Another red flag is when men say, oh, my ex was toxic. Or they say things like, oh, my ex-wife was toxic. Just in general, they call other girls toxic. They call other girls the B word. Red flag. What did you do to make her feel that way? Sometimes men say, oh, she was so crazy. What did you do to make her feel crazy? Likewise, some women say, oh, you know, he was psycho. What did you do to make him feel psycho? You need to evaluate your behavior. How much of a role did you have in this? Don't leave that part of the story out. Lots of people will tell you stories. You'll hear lots of stories in your life as well, but you won't hear the second part of the story. You won't hear the part of the story of what they did. That's exactly why, especially now, whenever I hear someone telling a story, I'm like, all right, cool, cool. But there's two parts to everything, is there not? Lots of people will tell you about what the other person did and not what they did to make them act that way. So that doesn't mean that every single story that comes your way, you decide to sit here and be so vulnerable, naive, and trust in it. Don't. Don't. Again, trust until there's a reason not to. If you see a story up comes to you with real legit proof you see the screenshots you see the actions and whatnot all right go see what you need to do after that but trust until there's a reason not to but also don't trust like a dummy even after you know there's been red flags so when you do get cheated on in a haram relationship it comes down to well what do i do next first one being realizing that it had nothing to do with you it had nothing to do with you Getting cheated on has nothing to do with you. Even, again, like a psycho from a psychological perspective, it has nothing to do with you. 
you knew that this person was not good enough for you or you knew that this person didn't make you happy yet you still chose to cheat yet they still chose to cheat really do you think you deserve that and that's exactly why relationships are haram because you people's intentions are just so wishy-washy and on top of that of course it's prohibited in islam for a lot of other reasons and whatnot but First and foremost, is for the good. It's for the best of everything, right? Tawakkal doesn't just come in in hard times. Of course it does, but Tawakkal also comes in in understanding why some things are unlawful and why God said that you shouldn't be doing them. You should be trusting that God knows better than you know. But now that maybe you have gotten cheated on in a haram relationship and maybe it's been years and you haven't been able to get over it and even get into like a halal marriage because, well, your perspective is so screwed, I think the first one really, again, like I said, be realizing that it has nothing to do with you. Two, realize that there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. No, if I look like that, if I was pretty like her, if I dressed like this, but only if I started acting more like this, but only if I started being a lot more kinder, but if only I didn't share my emotions that time, maybe this fight would have never happened. No, no. I've talked to lots of girls who've told me that they feel very, very scared to share their emotions with their own partner and vice versa because they feel like they'll start an argument. You should have the capability to express your emotional needs without feeling like you're starting an argument every time. Lots of things are not arguments. I actually had people in my life tell me that I'm condescending and that, um, okay, I mean, look, I've had people tell me that I'm condescending and I was like, how? I don't find myself to be condescending, but maybe I come off as condescending to other people. Now, let me tell you why. I try to be very, very strict, especially when it comes in regards to discussing emotions. So if someone's telling me something, you know, like I mentioned, I think all of us, we have that thing in us where we instantly scream out. Oh, why'd you feel that way? I didn't do that. I never did that. Why are you saying that about me? You know, you should never accuse me of that. You don't trust me? Shut up. Two seconds. Be quiet. Listen to what this person has to say. And that is a habit that I had to put into myself after a very, very long time. It took years. Because instantly when someone tells me, Oh, hey, here, I feel like you hurt me. I feel like you did something wrong. Or, you know, what you did hurt me. I, like anyone else, would get defensive and be like, I never intended to do that. Why are you trying to say that about me? Are you trying to say that you don't trust me? No, no. They're just saying how they feel. Now, some people, they do try to express their emotional needs in a way of insulting you. That's different. But when someone is genuinely trying to tell you how they feel, listen to it. I know. I know that in the moment, you can get angry. You can get upset. You can be upset about it. I know. I understand that. But you also have to take God in account and take in account how God tells us to act. It's very normal to get mad. It's very normal to get angry. We all go through it. It's human nature. It's human emotions. I struggle with it too. It's normal. But the question comes down to what are you going to get from it? And I always try to tell myself this. There's this beautiful quote I once read and I'm going to share it with you guys. It said, speech is your prisoner until you choose to let it out. Now you are its prisoner. I hope I said that right. Essentially stating that as long as you keep your mouth shut, speech is your prisoner. You control it. You get to do what you want with it. It, ha you don't, it has no oversight on you. It's about you controlling it. The second you let that speech out, that speech controls you. You regret it. You hate it. You're neglectful because of it. Or maybe you got in a bigger argument because of it. So now you are a prisoner to that speech. So that is something that I always try to remind myself. 
You're never going to regret staying silent. You're never going to regret, you know, letting it slide. But you will regret the way that you act. You will regret the way that you get angry. And you will regret the way that you scream and get upset at people. And again, not being a hypocrite, I struggle with it too. We all do. But the truth comes down to a lot of times people will view you as condescending because you're a lot more relaxed in emotions in situations where probably they expected you to act out. And I've gotten that quite a lot. There's been times when people were telling me their emotions and I'll simply say, okay, I respect that and I, I see where you're coming from. And they'll instantly say, see, you're trying to start a fight. Who said? Who said? Who said I'm trying to start a fight? Because it comes off condescending to them. But there's nothing condescending about being mature, realizing that someone felt the way that they did. And depending on it, was it your intention? Was it not? That's your own discussion. And if someone's, if every single thing that you do rubs someone the wrong way, then maybe you shouldn't be around them. Now, of course, we all make mistakes. I maybe mess up. I maybe hurt you. We fix it. We talk it out. Whatever. But if every single breath I take pisses you off, well, maybe you should, shouldn't be around me because maybe I'm not your type of person. So it's simple as that. There's nothing condescending and there's nothing fake about being mature. I have had lots of people also tell me that I come off as fake to them. Back in the day, this isn't now, it's back in the day, you know, before I really got closer to the dean, where I'm quote, quote, fake, because if they've expressed their emotional needs to me, I would say, okay, cool, I respect that, I see where you're coming from, what can we do to fix this? They'll get really upset at that, and they'll be like, see, you're just trying to hold it in, don't hold it in, I know you're going to try to start a fight, now you see you're trying to hide your emotions from me, you know, like, like even within, like, friendships and things, I'm like, family, like, it happens everywhere, like, bro, no, and maybe, yeah, maybe it does sound condescending, and if someone said that to me, I kind of would have been like, mm, are you acting too, because, well, I wonder, how can someone be so calm, and in the beginning, if you want me to be honest with you, before I was closer to the dean, I wasn't, I used to be faking it, now, of course, I have my moments where I get mad, I get impatient, whatnot, but now, when I genuinely sit there, and I'm like, okay, I respect that, let's see how we can fix this, I mean it, because, well, what can we do to fix it? If something that I do made you feel upset, let's talk about it. I'll tell you my intention behind it. And the best part really is to be truthful about it. Lots of people cheat. Lots of people betray. Lots of people do all these things because they think they're never going to get caught for it. Funny part is the truth always comes out. And that is a line that I stand by. The truth always, always comes out. Let me tell you that. Lots of people think that they can run in circles. And I'm promising you the truth always comes out. Whether it's a week from now, two months, or even two years, it comes out. Trust me, sis. The amount of truths that I have heard, and even two, three years later, I'm like, dang. Like, trust me, the truth comes out. Don't have no hesitation about that. And a lot of cheaters think that it won't come out. They do things, they completely treat you like crap because well you won't know until you do know then it becomes i'm sorry i didn't mean to do that i was this i was that people majority of the time are only sorry because they get caught not because you they did it no it's not because they did it they got caught and now that they got caught it's oh crap what do i do now you know my image is broken i got caught lacking what not what not too late should have never done it in the first place again why relationships are haram but now that you did it you did it so it is what it is obviously you leave if you're in a haram relationship right now and you're staying with someone that cheated with you they're gonna do it again they will you know why because you stayed and i know that the miss this may sound harsh this may sound mean this may sound abrupt and maybe i am generalizing but majority of the time 
when people see how to manipulate you to control you to come back in a situation even after hurt you so much they'll do it again they'll do it again maybe not now maybe not two months from now two years from now they will and if you're in a haram relationship right now i want you to truthfully think about the answer to this question do you actually trust your partner do you really do you really trust them deep down bro deep down i know deep down on the surface you're saying yes but on the deep down you're saying no why don't you trust them even if they're a good person why don't you trust them because this love was never meant to be simple as that this whole little concept of a relationship that you created was never meant to be so you're never going to feel content even after having this person never you know why because it wasn't meant to be again it wasn't meant to be when something's not meant to be for you, you're not going to feel content by it. And when God shows you the right person, the right time through a halal situation, qadr and whatnot, you will feel content. Even if you've only known this person for two months. You can trust someone you know for only two months more than you trust someone that you know for two years. You know why? God's barakah, God's blessing, God making the situation content. That plays a very big role in it. Majority of the time, be, be brutally honest, do you trust your partner in a haram relationship? No, you don't. You don't. Because as much as they may give you reliability and, you know, I'm going to be there for you. We're going to ride it out. I'm going to marry you, da-da-da. You know that you are disobeying God. And since you are disobeying God, you know deep down that this situation won't work. You know that. You know it's not going to work. You know it's not going to work. Be honest with yourself. It's not going to work. If you're not going to think of marrying them, you know, being with them, dip. I mean, you should be dipping anyway. But if you are in a haram relationship with someone and you know deep down that, okay, I have the moment now to make it halal. I have a job, I have an income, my parents agreed, whatnot. But you know you don't see yourself being with that person for real. Why? Now, of course, you should be breaking up with them. You shouldn't be in a haram relationship in the first place, like I said a bajillion times. You shouldn't be in it in the first place. But be wise about it. You're 14. Maybe you're dating someone. Do you actually see yourself marrying them? On the surface, you're going to say yes. But then deep down, your heart's going to say, well, do I really? Answer these questions. Don't sit here and act like you don't hear me. I better say, you better be answering them. These are questions that you know you have to ask yourself. You just don't want to ask yourself because you're so infatuated with the image that this person has made of you. Now, when you do get cheated on, the next thing that I think is very important to touch base on would be realizing that if they did it to you, they'll do it to them. And I know that a lot of times when I say things like this, people instantly say, no, 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 like he won't do it to her because she's really pretty. He won't do it to her because he always wanted her. He won't do it to her because blank. Hey, girl, hate to break it to you. He probably will. And let me tell you why. These little factors that you're listing as to why he won't cheat are really temporary. Just like the way he temporarily, quickly cheated on you out of impulse because he felt like he was so drawn to that person because of those things that made you and her different. The only thing that stops a cheater from cheating on you and cheating on someone else is time. Because if psychologically they don't change who they are, nothing will ever be enough for them. And again, I, want to, I should have prefaced this. I'm not trying to attack you men. I'm, I'm a girl, so I'm speaking from my perspective. And w women do this too, where you will notice that you're also going to see how Islam plays into this context that I'm about to describe to you real quick. So you'll see that in the mainstream media and mainstream relationships and things like that, having friends of the opposite gender is very, very common. Now, I want you to ask yourself, if you're in a haram relationship right now, 
if your partner would cheat, who do you think he would cheat with? And I know for a fact, someone came into your mind. Yes or no? Someone did. Someone came to your mind. And automatically, your partner and whoever came to your mind have a relation. Let me tell you why. Your partner is not going to cheat with some person that he doesn't know, with some random lady working at Costco. He's not going to cheat with some random lady living down the street. He's going to cheat with the girls that he has confided in or allowed emotional availability to. Who are those people? His friends. His friends. His female friends. Likewise for girls, her guy friends. And that's exactly why in the mainstream media you'll see that having friends of the opposite gender, it's very, very, very common. If you don't have it, people think that you are very, very conservative and psychotic. And there's a lot of relationships too where they're like, oh, I'm okay with my partner having friends from, you know, the opposite gender, whatever, whatever. But I want you to ask yourself, literally, if he was to cheat, who do you think he'd cheat with? You're going to think of one of his friends. Would you or would you not? Yeah, you would. Because you know that they also know him on a good level. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes a partner, your partner, whoever, a man, will say that he is status-wise unavailable. But emotionally and mentally, he is available. Because what they do is, again, I'm talking about the person that don't want to fix themselves as a cheater. Anytime they meet someone and they see something good in this girl, see something good in girl B, girl A, whatever, they will slowly start to make those girls his friends. And yeah, it could be just a genuine friendship. But what happens is that those friendships turn to backup. You know why? Because every time you and him fight, he goes to them and he talks to them about what happened. He talks to them. My girlfriend acting crazy. My girlfriend acting psycho, da 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 whatever, whatever. He's going to them. Every time you and him have a problem, instead of him talking it out with you, he's going to them. And they're sitting there comforting him. Oh my God, I get you. Yeah, your girl's acting crazy. I would never do that to you. What happens when someone gets you at your hardest times? You start to think that they understand you more than the person that you're with understands you. So what does he do? He cheats. Does that justify cheating? Absolutely not. Because again, that girl, she also don't know the full image of him. You've seen the monster side. You've seen the bad side. You've seen all sides. His friends have only seen the angelic, beautiful side of him. You know what I'm saying? So that's exactly how it happens. Cheating is not something that happens overnight. Let's just talk about it even in regards to halal haram relationships, pushing that aside. How does cheating happen? Like I said previously, you don't just wake up and cheat. Cheating is an accumulation of things that happen in your absence or an accumulation of things that are happening. And you were told it's not as it seems. Cheating happens when you least expect it. If a man is keeping backups in his brain, it's no surprise that he's going to do something to nurture them backups. Without or without realizing, whether it's just simply texting, asking how's your day, being there for them, da-da-da, whatever, whatever, whatever. When time comes, if you and him break up or situations fall short and he wants to cheat, he already has a plan base laid out with those girls. He's going to go easy. It's going to be easy for him to cheat, will it not? As compared to him cheating with some random girl at, you know, Publix, Kroger's, I don't know, at some grocery store. You know what I'm saying? It's an accumulation. So that level of him cheating, him getting the permission to cheat, and her, whoever he cheats with, allowing that crap to happen and allowing herself to be who he cheats on you with, that's an accumulation of stages. It doesn't happen overnight. And you had no clue. Because either one, he told you it's not as it seems, or two, 
you blindly trusted him already knowing that girls and guys practically can't be friends i tell everyone this go on youtube and type in can girls and guys be friends no religion no nothing of that is discussed first video bro straight straight facts every single girl said yeah i think i think we could be friends i think girls and guys could be friends and every guy said no and every guy was like if i had a chance i would like y'all and this had no religion in involved in it so it shocks me when i see muslim people advocating for you know friendships and like oh it's platonic but baby 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 let's talk no 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 it's not gonna work and so cheating it's never a one night you know random decision now unless it was done in that way that's a different discussion but when it's with someone that you didn't expect it from there was an accumulation that went on behind your back and you had no clue so now if you're thinking that this person's with someone else they're not going to cheat on them why did they cheat on me am i not good enough am i ugly am i not worth it no no because they're going to do the same thing that they did to you to them they're also going to keep backups with them because a cheater is never satisfied. A cheater is constantly looking for more because a cheater has, I'm sorry, a very narcissistic belief that they deserve more, that they need more, even when they are not capable of fulfilling anyone else's standards, even when they're not capable of fulfilling anyone's basic needs. So since they cannot fill basic needs, sometimes men run to what's easier. Maybe you're a really good girl, and even if you're in a halal marriage with someone, you are a really good person, really good, took care of everything that you potentially could, and he still cheated. Why? Maybe because you were asking him for things that he knew he couldn't live up to, so he found it easier to just cheat. Majority of the time when men cheat, they cheat with girls that don't have much standard. Yikes. Oops. Should I cut that out? Should I? Yikes. That slipped. Okay, y'all. I always like pause and record to make sure I don't say anything too harsh. I'm so... May Allah forgive me. Astaghfirullah. No, but like... Yo, may Allah forgive me. That was so harsh. I'm seven minutes into this recording, this segment. I don't want to restart. Mm, may Allah forgive me. That was harsh. That was okay. That was really harsh. May Allah forgive me. I'm not trying to criticize or downplay or be mean to any girl, but that just slipped out. How, where did that come from? I'm so red right now. <laughs> but no, is that not the case? How are you a female knowing that a man has a girlfriend? And allowing him to, first of all, hurting hurt another girl. You're allowing that to happen. And then two, you're allowing yourself to get used like that. Because, well, he's told you a promise. I'm going to be there forever. I'm going to be there for you. Da, 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 I love you forever, whatever, right? But he also told her that. And you saw how that worked out. So why are you allowing yourself to end up in that situation? If you get hurt like that, I'm sorry. Liability's on you. Because you saw how it was before. You saw, and if you were graphically seeing it all play out, and you were an outsider watching the relationship, and you saw the details, it's your choice. That's a choice. Can we all just take a moment and make dua that Allah forgives me? Because I really felt like that was a bit harsh. Ah, oh, my God, forgive me. Anyway, so remember that. Remember these three things so far. The last thing and the biggest thing that I want to tell you is getting revenge is not going to help anything. Going back just because you want some redemption is not going to help anything. If you are creating this mindset that I want to get revenge on him so he can know how I felt, or I'm going to get revenge on him in a manner 
of me bettering myself so he can see how I got better, you're playing yourself. You know why? You're not getting revenge. You're not getting redemption. You are simply trying to put on a front. And you know what people do when they put on a front? They act fake. So you are simply turning into someone you're not. And when you do that for an excessive period of time, you actually start to become someone you yourself don't recognize. Then you end up in an identity crisis. Then you got to start from base one again. What do I like? What do I not like? Who am I? What, what do I believe in? Then you got to start all over there again. Because you put up a fake front for someone to see on how you're doing actually better when you're not. The best revenge in life is the revenge of getting better for yourself, for you, and for the sake of the deen, and doing it for God, and doing it for, you know, the better spiritual journey for you and for yourself, basically, essentially, right? That, that's what it's for. Let me tell you something in my life that I have learned a lot. When you are young, you feel like you have something to prove to everyone. You feel like you have to show people that you are happy with them and that you're just as happy without them. When you're young, you just feel like you are on a pedestal of having to prove that you're worth it to people. When you're young, you sometimes also feel like if someone hurts you, someone betrays you, cheats on you, you have to make them feel that same pain back so they learn. This is not your job. It is never your job to do that. Let me tell you something. The hardest thing that you can ever do is forgive someone that cheated on you. The hardest. And I bet you guys have heard about this so much. Forgiveness sets you free. Forgive the people that cheated on you. Forgive a cheater. Let them go. Let them do their own life. Yeah, it's easier said than done until you actually got to sit there and be like, I forgive you. I forgive you, crap. Like, you don't want to do it because you just want to smack the crap out of them. But that's not what Islam tells us. What God tells us is that if you want to seek mercy from God, you have to forgive people. Does that mean that you're going to go back and get with a cheater and get married to him? No, you know how he is. That doesn't mean that you get back with him. That just means you simply understand that my boundary is big enough and so is my heart for me to forgive you. But that doesn't mean my I'm going to let you back in. By all means, no. And you don't have to either. No one says you do. No one says that you have to let him back in after he hurt you. Who said? No one. God doesn't want you to get bitten by the same thing twice. Three times, five times, four. Like, no, no one wants that. And a lot of girls tend to think that revenge comes from dressing a lot more immodest. getting Working out more just to dress immodest and to show like, oh, I look like this now. You know, I'm looking better. I lost weight. Da, da, da. Who cares? Why does he need to see? Why does she need to see? They don't need to see. When they cheated on you, they gained expense off the emotions that they knew were going to hurt you. They gained happiness off the expense of your emotion. They know exactly what they did. You don't have to sit here and prove likewise. You don't have to sit here and prove them, oh, I'm so good. I'm so fine without you. I'm so happy. You're not. And if you feel like you're constantly living in a cycle where you're waking up and projecting a completely different version of yourself just so they can see, you're not happy. I also mentioned this in another episode where when you're young, you feel like you have to prove to people that you're happy. And I don't know if you guys ever been on petty Snapchat, petty Instagram, you know, been in a petty circle where like where something happens and people will post, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so unbothered. Baby, take it down. Take it down. <laughs> take down the post. If you were not bothered, you if you were really not bothered, you wouldn't post that. Okay. Listen, we've all done it. We were all young and stupid and naive, right? We, we've all done our fair share of stupid stuff. I have too. 
But like when I got older, I'm like, no, no. Like when you're really unbothered, bro, you do not have the time to sit there, take a Snapchat or take an Instagram and be like, I'm living my best life. I am so unbothered. You're not unbothered because you sat there. You Before you even opened up the app, you thought, I'm going to post how I'm unbothered and how I'm happy so this person can see. And after you post it, you're constantly checking. Did they see? Did they see? Wait, did they see? Oh my god, they viewed it at 438. They saw, they saw, oh my god, oh my god, they know more. No, you're not, you're not unbothered. You're very bothered. You're very bothered. You are very bothered because you are dedicating your time and your energy to that. You're bothered. You're bothered. You're not unbothered. And when you're truly happy in life, like I'm saying, truly happy, first of all, may Allah protect all of us from any evil eye and may Allah grant us all happiness. I mean, but when you're truly happy, bro, you want to protect that. You do not want to put that out there for people to see. You want to protect your happiness. If it makes you happy, keep it private. Let me tell you that one. When you're really happy, bro, you don't have you don't you don't have the time to sit there and post an Instagram tweet and be like, I'm so happy with my life. I don't care what nobody says, but you don't have time for that. Because you're actually busy being happy and living this life that you waited for. Whenever people say it gets better, when it actually does get better, you don't want to waste time telling people that made it bad for you that it actually got better for you. You want to live in what got better for you do you not yeah you do so when people sit there and they're like i'm happy i'm unbothered no they're not they're not and if someone is trying to be a lot more superior towards you and they're trying to you know cause a little bit of enmity revenge against you and i went through that recently where i had people post things about me and be like oh you know she thinks she'll that whatever whatever you know just just typical high school drama and a lot of the times when girls do do that they're very very young and i'm like i'm not going to beef with a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old. I'm not going to do that. And if someone is 18 and 19, 20, and they are talking about me, they are posting negative things about me, well, then if just if I'm younger than you and I know better to not do that, then I'm not going to compete with someone who on a mature level cannot talk to me about what's wrong. It's so easy to post. It's so easy to sit there and gossip. It's not easy to confront. And let me tell you something. A lot of people like to act big and bad. And oh my God, I'm going to beat this girl up. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to take her man. Shut up. You can't even look eye to eye. You can't even look eye to eye. Okay, this isn't meant to be insulting anyone. Or anyone in my own private life. Really, I don't even keep up with people. <laughs> I don't have friends here, by the way. You know, I always get so shocked whenever people like are talking to me. And I tell them, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't really got any friends here. And they're like, what? I thought you'd have friends. I'm like, y'all, I got a podcast i have friends online but like in person here's the thing i got friends but like you know i'm talking about like muslim friends that are on the dean but like you go pray juma with and not that but i do have good friends like you know that are just there so anyway besides the point um yeah trust me they're bothered and don't become like them and if you know that someone's a lot older than you they're like in college and they're beefing with someone that's a high schooler hey man that's all the action they can find let them, let them get it and you know what i've noticed that when you do not say anything back it gets them even more angry and even more bothered because then it's like okay she viewed my story why is she not saying something he saw what i posted why is he not saying anything it triggers them bro and then they go on a tangent of posting 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 shading you talking crap about you spreading gossip spreading lies going in a circle over and over and over and over again and what happens they dedicate their entire life to it they dedicate their months to it they dedicate weeks years even years later you walk into a classroom it's been like 2.5 years since that beef they're still talking about it that's the thing if you were really happy with your life you wouldn't feel the need to bring up something that much 
Now, if you do know that someone's talking about you like that, you know, apologize, stay away from them. I always try my best to apologize to anyone that I have hurt to. And yes, of course, there's, there's, you know, life puts you in places where sometimes you're not able to apologize to everyone and you can honestly just make dua that God forgives you. But even if someone's doing you wrong, they're talking about you first, they harmed you first. My theory is be like, oh, okay, I respect how you feel. I'm sorry. And leave it at that. You know why? Because in case maybe something that you did, maybe even without knowing, rubbed them the wrong way, you're not going to be liable for it anymore because you said sorry. Now, whether or not they want to accept that apology is on them. If they want to show you mercy, they want to, you know, show good attribute, that's on them. If they don't want to forgive you, they don't have to forgive you. Let it go. Who cares? That's that's between them and God, just like it's between you and God. So do not ever sit here and think that you need to seek revenge because someone hurt you and someone did you wrong. God takes justice and account for every single situation. And like I mentioned earlier, the truth always comes out. So if you got hurt, back, backstabbed, done wrong, da da da, whatever... Don't think that God won't see that. God God will see it. Of course he will see it. Why won't he? And, you know, if, if life lines up that way, maybe you'll be able to see what they go through for what they did to you in life. And maybe if not here, maybe in the ahead, or maybe they repented and changed their ways, regardless of whatever it is, it's none of your business. When you want to become the best version of yourself, do it for you, not for anyone else, not for what he has to say, not what she has to say, not for what, whoever cheated on you, hurt you, God, no, not for them. For you because when you really do it for you you're gonna find something really amazing inside of you i once saw this video and it talked about an advice that a therapist gave and i wanted to share it on here sometimes people are really stuck up over cheaters or people that they were never even got a chance to actually be with or they're just really infatuated by someone and that person's a bad person and the reason could be is because that person has certain traits or qualities in them that you actually wish you had in yourself so write down those traits and qualities and when you actually start to adapt those things in yourself you probably won't even see a need for them and i was like that's a really interesting perspective because there's certain reasons why you're attracted to someone or why you find someone the way that you do there's qualities to that and if you can add those qualities into yourself you know why not go for it but for sure revenge doesn't get you anywhere when you try to seek revenge from someone and you think that you're gonna hurt them it's, it's gonna hurt you first it's gonna hurt you first because you're gonna wake up every day putting your energy towards a front a fake front for someone else to see while you could putting be putting all that energy to make small 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 progress to becoming a better you when you actually choose to become a better you i promise you Things like this won't matter. People are going to talk. People are going to say something. It is what it is. One of the big laws that I started following in my life, I, I try to follow as much as I can. If I get really mad in a situation or someone did me really wrong or insulted me, I started following this thing. It's, I think it's called the two or three day rule where the first day you internalize all that crap. If someone texted you something and they're like, oh, you're a B word, you're this, you're that, like they're ranting at you, leave them on read, leave them on read, leave them on scene, keep leaving them on read. I'm sorry, why do I keep saying read? That's such a bad habit of mine. I always used to say as a joke, like, oh, I'm gonna leave you on read, like as a joke. And then like, now that I'm older, I say that all the time. I'm sorry, leave them on read. Keep, just keep leaving them on scene. Don't answer. You know why? Because they're angry. And then when you get angry, it's not going to help the situation at all. Just leave it on scene, right? The first day, think about it. Oh, they called me this, they called me that, whatever, whatever, whatever. Wave it out. How important is what they say to you? How important is that insult to you? How much of it do you care about? Does it really matter? You're going to say, yeah, it does. They disrespected me. But what does this have to do with you? 
If they falsely insulted you, what does that actually have to do with who you actually are? That's the first day, internalize that. Second day, sit there and think, if I was to respond, what would I say? And you'll notice that you're going to end up spinning in a lot of circles. It's going to start off in the morning and be thinking of really mean, angry things to say. And then slowly you're going to be like, wait, no, I'm not going to say that part because I know God wouldn't want me saying that. Wait, I'm not going to say that part because I know that Islam is not fond of me reacting out of anger. I'll just hold off on it. And you're going to keep being like, okay, I'll just tell see what happens. On the third day, all of that anger and rage is going to calm down. You're going to ask yourself, is it worth it? And majority of the time, the answer will be no. Because, well... If I can get over it in three days, why should I continue something? If it, it's not that significant to me. And I've been following that. And it, it works like magic, bro. I'm telling you, people literally hop off on their own. When people see that you're not willing to get bothered, they, they just hop off on their own. They really do. So don't address everything too much. I'm not saying that you shouldn't validate and, you know, like, talk to people about the way that they make you feel 100%. Don't shove your feelings under the rug. And if this is the first time you're in a conflict with someone and you want to be brutally honest with them about how they made you feel, do it. But like if you're constantly getting into fights with someone or it's unnecessary drama where people are saying things about you that never even existed in the first place and you know they didn't exist and they don't practically have any proof, why are you wasting your time talking to people who are literally just screaming on empty air? It's a whole load of barking, not a lot of biting. Just saying, it is a lot of barking, not a lot of biting. Let me tell y'all some, this is just a little like... I guess you could say a little analysis. I guess you could just to put in your head to paint a picture. So across the street, <laughs> this is random. Across the street, there's these two dogs, right? And I don't know what their case is or why their owner leaves them out. I don't know. But they both have like leashes and like they're out early in the morning and then they get taken in inside. Bro, they stay barking at each other all day. Bro, like a car drives by bark 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 no one's just empty oxygen they're barking they just look at each other barking they're always barking but not one of them is breaking up their leash and fighting <laughs> a love forbid i don't want that to happen but now put that in the scenario of your situation lots of people are barking not a lot of people are letting go of their leash and actually coming to bite you you know why? Because a lot of people don't actually have anything to cut that leash with. Lots of people talk about you, but not a lot of people have support to back it up. So don't get so fed up over people that just want to bark your way. Let them bark. Let them bark. People get quiet on their own. Now, am I saying that I'm referring humans to dogs? Astaghfirullah. No. Am I saying that I think those two dogs across the street should fight? No. Please, no one take this out of context. I'm just giving you like a little analogy to put in your head. In a real world situation, right? So, Mela, forgive me if I said anything wrong. And please don't take that offensive. I promise you, I'm not trying to insult anyone. But no one is breaking free from what ties them back and actually coming forth. And it takes a lot of courage to let go of the things that you're used to and to let go of the fact that someone cheated on you and someone hurt you. But it never defines you. Because if it's not your fault and has nothing to do with you and you know they're going to do it to someone else and you also know that a lot of people are saying things but not actually acting upon it, it seems like an inconsistency from their side, not yours. Stop worrying so much about what people say about you. Stop worrying so much about the people that cheated on you, betrayed you. And when it comes to family and friends and even between friend groups, you're going to have friends that will betray the crap out of you. Let it go. Let it go. Obviously, don't trust them again. Don't put your 100% in them again. Don't do that. But definitely let it go. Forgive people. Because when you forgive people, you learn to forgive yourself. When you can't forgive yourself, know that God can always forgive you. So if you have messed up and you are in a harm relationship, or you have done harm to someone, repent. 
Because when God can forgive you, inshallah, he'll help you forgive yourself. Finally, I wanted to say, realize that life is not as serious as it seems. I know that this is a little bit random, but it's not. You know, I sometimes think about my life and the goals and the things that I have. And I actually have like a five-year vision board, right? And it's literally sitting in front of me. Amazing goals. I love making goals. There's nothing wrong with making goals in the dunya. But you will achieve one goal and then see another. You will see another goal, then you'll see another five goals, another three-year goals. Like, it's just going to go on. Do not allow the perception of your life to be janked up by certain goals you didn't reach or by certain people that hurt you. Because if everything was about other people, then why are you alive today? It's not always about other people. It's not always about what other people have to say. If you had a bad ending to whatever happened before, to whatever you loved before, to whoever you loved before, if you sincerely turn back to God, I have no shadow of a doubt in mind, inshallah, if it's good for you and good for your qadr and decree and whatnot, he will grant you something amazing. He will grant you someone great. But you have to let go of what seems comfortable and bear through the hardship to get the good things, okay? So, inshallah, that helped a lot and talked about it, you know, hope, hope that got to the people that I need to get to. So, um, important, fun, excitement, announcements, excitement, exciting announcements, okay. So, I bet a lot of you guys do know that I do classes, I say that all the time. I do classes, I'm doing one for Ramadan, which is like how to heal and, you know, heal your heart and whatnot through heartbreak. I also started this new thing on the side after I had lots of discussions about this with people. So I know a lot of people can't get therapy long term or they can't like go to therapists physically. And I also ha I did a Q&A where I talked about this as well, where a lot of parents don't actually let their kids get therapy. And e whether it's professional grade therapy or even just talking to someone that in their community that they trust, a lot of people are like against it or they don't have the access to it. So... I have decided that I will finally do like these 30 minute sessions. You can find the information about it on my Instagram. It's like 30 minute sessions where we talk. Am I a professional licensed therapist? No. And will I ever claim to be? No. And I, I put that disclaimer on there. I'm not a licensed therapist. But I have had lots of people who tell me that they can't talk about certain things with their therapists because they're not Muslim. And there's certain things that only another Muslim person can understand. So if you feel like you have something really personal that, you know, you are definitely not getting your answers for, I'm not saying that I'll 100% solve all your problems and be a miracle. That's God, not me. But if you're down, like, I highly recommend you guys to check it out. I, inshallah, do have some bookings done already, so I'm very excited, and for everyone that has joined, you know, everything so far, I'm so excited to get started with you guys and do all these fun things together, um, so yeah, inshallah, it goes great for all of us, I hope that all of you benefit from whatever I'm putting out on there, whether it's in regards to my podcast or, like, offering classes and things like that, I try to make old things that I offer, like, classes and therapies like short-term things because that I know a lot of people cannot do long commitments all my classes they're not like live I post everything like I post work in the beginning of the week and then you watch the videos the audios the worksheets whatever like on your own pace so I do want to preface that because I get so I get lots of dms always asking me like similar questions about this so yeah I don't I don't do timings because a lot of my audience is actually from the UK. The US, mm, listen, the US folks don't even be supporting me. How my own people not supporting me? US is my second most largest audience, but the first one is actually from the UK. And then I have people from like around the world. Alhamdulillah, thank God that, you know, God blessed me with this opportunity. But, you know, the time zone's really crazy to match up. So 
the classes that I offer monthly, they're like three weeks long. And I post the work in the beginning of the week. And then you get to do it whenever you want. Watch it whenever you want when you're free. And then the therapy sessions, the 30 minute chit chat things, those are um, on your timing. So you tell me what time works for you. And we go about it like that. So inshallah, this helps and gets the people that need it. Um, I always wanted to do like really cool things like this where, you know, you like you're helping people in the dean sense you know what i'm saying because like sis it just seems so much more fun inshallah you know one day this can be a full-time thing besties make the offer me please <laughs> um may allah bless all you guys may allah keep all of you happy and assalamu alaikum